0: Welcome to episode seventy-six of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about a new species of orcas that were filmed by scientists for the first time, and I talk about a dog breed that I'd actually never heard of before. We go on to learn about two more awesome pics, and then learn about our interesting animal of the week. So let's dive into episode seventy-six of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Welcome to episode 76 of the Animal Addicts podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new batch of awesome animals. I don't know why, but as I was saying that, thank God we've done this long enough that it was autopilot because I forgot what I was supposed to say next. I was like, what do Mm. I do? What's my name? What are we doing? Okay, cool. Yeah. That's telling you where I am today. Anyway, so, uh, so what have you been up to, Casey, since last I saw you?
1: I am on a mission
0: okay what kind of mission
1: to catch a cat okay (laughs) there's this black cat that keeps coming to my yard ever since we moved and i see it sometimes crossing the backyard and it's like it i know it's a friendly cat because it has a little blue collar and one time me and my sister went out for a walk in the morning then we came back and he or she was just they have a long name apparently because we saw the collar and it's like the name tag is very long long, we couldn't read it and it was like just rolling around in the dirt Aww, oh, being yes. cute yes and the sun is so adorable Aww. and he gotta let us get close to it but as soon as we got closer my, my sister got closer he decided to take off
0: and Ran off. well that is somebody's pet so you can't have it
1: yes but she, he shouldn't be outside
0: no he shouldn't be outside but also you live out so i'm gonna catch
1: live. her and do the right thing
0: and keep her inside yes. and steal someone's cat mm-hmm. they'll take it from you <laughs> They won't, they won't know. let you keep it. They will know. It's like, sorry, your cat died. Um, they won't know it's been see to my house. You. Then they'll see it in your window. That's what cats do. They sit in windows, and they're like, hey, that's my cat. You can't steal people's cats.
1: There's tons of black cats, and they're, not like, identical.
0: They're not, but if it has a collar, they're going to notice. Does it have a bell, too? Hmm.
1: I want to say yes, but I don't remember. I just feel like hearing most one. cat
0: collars come with a bell. Also, like
1: it's counterintuitive. Having it's like, a
0: collar oh, is good because if then then someone for the exactly like if that you have to my cats. a collar, it rang itself a dinner bell to the coyotes, and your we cat think, got eaten.
1: Because this was when we ha- we got because this was when this cat just stumbled and is like, okay, you're going to be ours now. I guess one that
0: moved any yeah, of that happens,
1: and so she was like always outside. I named her kitten, and we did get our collar with the bell.
0: stupid um no offense but stupid <laughs> i get like if the cat goes missing but if you're gonna let the cat be out then i mean mm-hmm. i guess that lets you know that it's somebody's cat but like it better be a breakaway at least mm-hmm. anyway cats are, collars are not great on cats they get them stuck on things anyway that's why you get the a breakaway that's yeah, yeah, breakaway. breakaway. yeah oh. um but i don't think a lot of people think to do that also, you get to replace them a lot. <laughs> and the tag a lot. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, but you can't take the cat, unfortunately. I think can. You can't can. steal it. I think I can. Okay, well, good luck on that, that neighbor drama. Anyway, Anyways, kitty should not be outside. Why are not
1: even trips are in my neighborhood? Especially,
0: you're near roads, aren't you, out there? Yeah, they can't wander free when there's roads. I've seen dead cats on the side of the road, and I'm yeah. like, come on, people. If you're near traffic, like, if you're... It's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because if you're in, like, a more populated area, there's roads and they're going to get by a car, which they can still get eaten by a coyote in populated areas. There was, there was someone. I have com- seen a
1: coyote around.
0: Yeah, there should be coyotes out there. Someone complained about coyotes, and like, and they need to do something about it. I'm like, stop moving in their territory. What do you want them to do? Be responsible with your pets and small children. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not on them. Anyway, and she was very angry with me because she was like, there's an imbalance in nature. I replied like, yes, there is an imbalance in nature. Many too many humans. people. <laughs> I was like, too many people. She's like, oh, that's the solution. Get rid of everyone. I'm like, yes. you're a dumb bitch. Anyway, I'm like, you moved into their territory. What do you think they're going to do? Ugh, stupid people. Anyway, um, but yeah. Um, yeah, but in, if you're in the boonies, they get eaten. Yeah. So it's really tricky. Unless your cat is like, I have to be outside cat. I wouldn't let them out at all, period.
1: I still wouldn't let my cat out.
0: No, it's best not to. When we...
1: Get a kitty coop.
0: When we were doing that for a while, Afi never got to go out because she never would have survived. She was not the brightest cat and she Mm -hmm. was white and just like it would have been bad. But our kitties before that used to be... We used to have always indoor... Well, the first kitty we had when I was a baby baby was outdoor. He lived in the garage because our one dog would not tolerate him and would have killed him. So, but then after that, after that dog passed, then we had indoor-outdoor kitties, and uh, two did not do well. And oh. then we started doing the whole, you get to go out two hours after dawn, and you have to come in two mm-hmm. hours before dusk. Because mm-hmm. that cat would go crazy if she wasn't outside. Anyway, keep your cats inside is the point of that. So, Casey is trying to be a catnapper. <laughs> anyway, I get the point, but Elsie, you're yep. not supposed to do that. Um,
1: but I need a kitty.
0: Just get a cat, then.
1: That's what I'm trying to do.
0: That's not the way to get a cat. I think it is. No, you go to a rescue. They need them. Yeah. It's kitten season. They'll need to offload those. Mm-hmm. And mommies, poor mommies that get in there, they'll need to offload those. Anyway. Um, speaking of cats, um, mm-hmm. my life still sucks um, <laughs> with food and everything. It's <gasps> related to cats? It is. It, we're good there. Um, so I wound up getting... Si- I, know, I think this happened after we recorded the last episode. So I got really bad sinus issues and... Because of all the GI stuff, I can't take my sinus meds to help with mm-hmm. it. So I just die, basically. Um, I, it was like being after my surgery I just had to lay in a position all of the time and like the whole day. But anyway, so I was just like knocked out for almost a week. And then so I stopped trying any new foods because I was like, I already feel like crap. So how will I know if that's making me feel bad because like I already feel miserable. So I finally got feeling a little better. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to finally try a smoothie. So I did what the mm. nutritionist said to do. And you're supposed to do um, – A quarter, like, strawberries or bananas or whatever kind of fruit you're going to use. Obviously, limited fruits because of issues. Um, And then a quarter, either spinach, like, baby spinach or zucchini. Mm -hmm. And then a quarter milk, which would be, like, a milk replacer type thing for me. And then a quarter Greek yogurt. But when I went shopping, I didn't pay attention that it wasn't actually dairy Greek yogurt. So I was like, oh, crap. So when I went to make it, I was like, so I got the almond milk and I was like, I should probably get unsweetened because I'm sure there's like sugars and stuff added or sorbitol or something added Mm -hmm. to the sweetened stuff. So I was like, okay. And I thought that almond milk was okay because I think the only other time I've had it I made chocolate milk with it. Yeah. So I think the chocolate just hid the nastiness. And I'm sure it was probably sweetened.
1: <laughs> of so, the unsweetened, yeah. So
0: then I tried the unsweetened, like I made I just made a tiny bit because I was like, this is gonna be disgusting. And I made a tiny bit and I was like, I will throw this up if I try to drink this. And I was oh, like, what? let me try <laughs> the just heck? the almond milk on its own. I was like, oh, that's why. That's why this is so gross. But then I couldn't put the yogurt in because I was like, oh, this isn't dairy free. So I don't want to do that if it's going to be a problem. But then also I know what dairy-free yogurt tastes like. I'm like, so that is vomit in a thing. There's some good
1: ones. No, there's not. Yes, there is. Silk has some good, um, I think it's almond-based milk for their yogurt. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you It's good. It's really nasty. It's good, but um, the consistency is weird because it doesn't get really thick.
0: Ew. No, it's really nasty. That stuff was awful. Anyway, so I did the almond milk, and then I did the... I did baby spinach and then I did strawberries and I tried it and I was like, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to drink because it, not vomiting. So I was like, maybe if I just, obviously I've already messed with the stuff because I didn't have the yogurt in there. But I was like, if I had yogurt, it's not going to be better because that stuff's nasty. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, let's just try like just having stuff beaten down at least should be easier to digest. I'm like, I'll just try adding a couple more strawberries. And I got frozen strawberries because like online it said to do frozen, which I think is pointless, but whatever. And it you did could not. just
1: buy fresh and put them it in did... the freezer. <laughs> Eh, I guess that's what I do with my bananas.
0: Um, anyway, what? um, <laughs> that? I, don't know. I just don't know. Well, I eat a banana every day, so I don't want to have a and I don't have issues with the banana, so mm-hmm. I don't want to have to make a smoothie of bananas. I'm already having, I want other fruit and mm-hmm. I want some veggies because outside of the carrots that I eat and the you know iceberg lettuce that's on my sandwich, I'm not getting any veggies. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I tried and I add some more strawberries, did not matter. So at this one, I'm like, maybe I'll just literally take strawberries. And just blend them and just try to drink them. What? Because <laughs> it's so nasty. I'm like, I will not be able to do this without gagging. And then, of course, the consistency. And then also, so I bought my blender years ago so I can make margaritas. Of course. <laughs> that was the intent. And I've never used it for a smoothie before, so I've never done the smoothie setting. So I brought it into, like, like. Clean off the counter thing and brought everything into my bathroom So, because it was late at night when I was trying this. I didn't want to do it in the kitchen and like disturb everybody. I did not have, know how loud that was going to be. And of course Tiger mm. Lily really had to follow me in there because really? I was doing something new. Mm. So I hit the smoothie thing and she runs oh. out of there terrified. Oh, it voice. was so loud. Um, anyway, so it was crazy. So anyway, smoothies are out for now unless I can find a way. Because you can make smoothies like smoothies are really yummy when you have like milk in there and you have like some sugar or you have like Jamba Juice. We'll put ice cream minute so of course it tastes good (laughs) because you have yummy stuff with yummy strawberries Mm -hmm. or yummy banana because usually i like like strawberry banana mixes like i like those so then it tastes good let me tell you folks does not taste good this way and i don't i'm fine with baby spinach but usually i have at least a little bit of dressing on it like just eating straight baby spinach it's kind of rough but i think it was the almond milk was the real problem i was like this is just disgusting i can't do this i thought i was okay with almond milk and i am not it's nasty
1: for my protein smoothies that i have after my workouts It's a long list of what it's all in there, but it's one frozen banana, a half a cup of non fat Greek yogurt, plain. um,
0: But it smells dairy.
1: Yes. Yeah. A cup of protein almond cashew milk. Trying to remember what else is in there. Yeah. There's a two tablespoons of peanut butter, a scoop of my protein powder. And a teaspoon of, no, a tablespoon of chia seeds.
0: Yeah, this all sounds terrible. I'm sorry. It's good. It does I like not it. sound good. It's good. But anyway, so I don't know. I'm going to have to try to, f- I think I'm just going to try to blend up and probably try the same with spinach and just
1: mm-hmm.
0: blend it up and just choke it down so I can get some. I mean, I love my carrots, but I can't just eat carrots. And even with steaming them, it still takes a little bit of time. And there's cleanup. And it's just and that's the worst part about smoothies is the cleanup. I was like, oh, God, it's so annoying.
1: I never have problems with it.
0: It's just annoying. It's just harder to clean. Yeah. It's not like a plate. It's really easy. Anyway. so um, And it's really loud. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, Lord. Yeah,
1: Mine's just a neutral ball that we got oh, so long ago.
0: I just got like a cheap, a relatively cheap. You know, some thing because I don't use it all the time. If mm-hmm. I was doing smooths every single day then I would probably spring for something better. But I'm... I use
1: it at least three times a week. Obviously not.
0: So anyway so that's still out. So I've yet to find any new food that's like good. I've found things that are okay. I tried doing the yam doing a baked yeah. yam instead of potato because I suggested that instead which yams or sweet potatoes essentially the same thing um, are delicious when you do them at Thanksgiving when you add marshmallow and stuff to them which they're still fine like it's still fine but I'd much rather have a potato than a yam.
1: Marshmallow? Yeah. What?
0: Candy DMs. That's what you do. You put marshmallow I've in it. I've never had candy. <gasps>
1: I don't think so. I don't know if um, you
0: can, but like, it's so good. Yeah. It's like eating candies. I've had
1: like, I don't like sweet potato fries. Oh, I do. One of my but friends. But with like
0: seasoning on them.
1: One of my friends, she made a sweet potato casserole. That's the only thing with sweet potato. I've had that I ever liked.
0: It was okay. It's just that. It's kind of weird on its own, and then I'm like, butter's kind of weird with this, because it's not, because they're kind of sweet, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of weird, so I'd much rather have a normal potato. I'm like, well, I could do this to get at least something different in my system, but it's not something I would, like, choose to do.
1: I'm craving baked potatoes.
0: Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. I wish those actually worked. Those are, like, something I can do, but it's not great.
1: So anyway, it's a hot mess. Mm -hmm. I
0: basically don't have any other, I have no more good foods to add to my list. I only have, like, okay foods to add to my list. (laughs) But hopefully I'm going to get a food allergy test by the time this airs. Hopefully I'll already have had it um, so that I can do a little bit less of this guessing game. But I'm really tired of all of this. And also, like, eventually you're supposed – even people who have flares can eventually go back to eating normal things. They just can't have a lot of it. I'm like, we're not – we're not there Mm -hmm. at all. And I'm really done with this. So, yeah, also I'm on another month of leave from work because I'd be going back – I would be back at work by the time this airs. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm on another month because I have made zero progress, and the meds have done nothing. So it's really fun. So six months now. Yeah, I love it. Um, But I'm, like, less than 10 pounds away from my old resting weight, so, you know, that's fun. Anyway, yeah, so life still sucks. Don't Mm -hmm. get GI issues. They're awful, and hopefully we can figure them out quickly because this is absolutely torture, and I hate it, and I hate everything. (laughs) But anyway, um but I don't well, nope, actually I'm looking ahead and I do hate this as well. So okay, great. Perfect. So Casey's gonna talk about What do you hate? They're assholes. I No they're not. Okay, are these nicer ones? We think. Okay, so maybe Uh, Umbrella, I hate them. I don't hate them. I just strongly dislike them.
1: (laughs) My gosh.
0: Um but um okay anyway. Anyway, Casey, tell us about what you want to talk about today.
1: So, potentially a new orca species has been filmed by scientists for the first time. Back in 2019, for the first time, scientists were able to film and study type D killer whales alive in the wild. These orca live in the southern ocean and inhabit some of the roughest seas in the world. The team that filled the orcas were from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Also Noah. N- yes. Mm-hmm. And one of these researchers said, this is highly likely that these orcas are a new species. The orca were filmed back in January of 2019, 60 miles away from the coasts of Cape Horn in Chile, which is a region known for having the world's worst weather. <laughs> yep.
0: That's fun. Yeah.
1: Previous to this expedition, Type D killer whale were only known for photographs by amateurs, fishermen, tails, and one mass stranding, uh, but never encountered by scientists. These orca also look very different from any other orca in the world. There's about 10 ecotypes. And uh, these orca have a rounder head, narrow and pointer dorsal fins, and the most noticeable feature is a very small white eye patch.
0: Oh, that sounds cute.
1: Yeah, they're also shorter in um, length compared to others. Okay. The team went to a location that was reported by fishermen to have recently seen them, and after being anchored for over a week, the team found a pod of around 25. The researchers also took a sample of skin and blubber to study the DNA to determine if the type D orcas are truly a separate species, as well as to took above and below water footage of the killer whales.
0: Were they able to get close enough to a living whale to take samples? Yeah. And the whale let them do that? It's
1: crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm they also deployed hydrophones but they did not make any vocalizations while they were being observed the first time these orcas were recorded was in 1955 when they were there was a mass stranding in new zealand these individuals were photographed and determined to be type d orca 50 years after photos were taken mm. they have been known to take tooth fish um, from fishermen's lines around crozet island and chile the first study on type D orcas was not published until 2010 in the Journal of Polar Biology. Researchers are hoping DNA will reveal more information on these orcas regarding their evolution as well as feeding preferences and resource partitioning as well as in other orcas in general. There are four ecotypes of orca around Antarctica including type A which looked like a typical orca but primarily hunt minke whales, type B which are smaller and hunt seals while type C hunt fish. The current consensus is that orca are a single species, but there is evidence to suggest that there are various distinct types and that may be their own species, but there still requires more research involving things like measurements and DNA analysis. One of the researchers has suggested a common name for these orca as the sub-Antarctic killer whales, as they are found in offshore water near Antarctica, but not in the coldest regions. They range from latitudes 40 to 60 degrees, which is known for the most inhospitable weather on Earth, with strong winds and regular storms resulting in nicknames like the Roaring 40s and Furious 50s. Wow. Having this region as their home is the reason why so little is known about these orca and is the perfect place to hide from scientists. (laughs)
0: It's like, where are the people not? That's where we want to be. Yeah. All right. But are they eating seals and being dishes? Most likely not. Okay. Well, maybe they're not so bad. Maybe this will be my favorite orca species. I don't know. Anyway. Um, okay. Well, it is time for another breed focus. And, you know, lately I've been trying to do breeds from the region, which is a little challenging because um, there are no Antarctic dog breeds and there are no... Well, unless there's an island out there, I'm not aware of one in the Southern Ocean or Indian Ocean that has their own specific dog breed. So, fun times! Just roll two d anD D dice, specifically a twenty and a twelve, and put them next to each other. And uh, twenty twelve. <laughs> has anyone really felt alive since then? Um, anyway, uh, um, <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I got I got one ten, y'all. And so we've randomly chose our breed today, and the breed today is. Oh, I should probably scroll back to the top of it. As the Finnish, I'm assuming this is pronounced lapund. Sometimes they'll spell, it, like, do a phonetic thing, and they, they're they not for this, which is annoying. But anyway. Um, all right. So the Finnish lapund, they're cute. They're kind of like a, how do you describe that as? Like a fluffier? No, not like an Akita. I don't know. Oh, you'll see a picture. They're cute. Um, anyway. So they are described as friendly, alert, and agile. They are in the herding group. And they, the males, they say, get up to 18 to 21 inches at the shoulder, and females 16 to 19 inches at the shoulder. They weigh 33 to 53 pounds, and their life expectancy is 12 to 15 years. This one's actually ranked, Casey, so don't look over here. Oh. And let me know what you think the I was ranking— I just look at
1: the video of it.
0: Oh, okay. They're really cute. They mm-hmm. almost look like a smaller um, Malamute. Yeah. I think that's what they look the closest to.
1: That sketch is hideous. Yeah,
0: it's so. pretty bad. But the dog is cute. All right. What, how do you think they rank out of 202? 56.
1: 161.
0: We have what? never even heard of them. Why would they be 56? I don't know. You're silly. Anyway, okay. They're cute, though. I yeah, I would say like a Malamuse is what they look like, kind of, but smaller. Uh, I'll have to read this part later, but they describe them as weatherproof. Okay. Anyway, yeah. going down to their history of these guys. All right, so. Lapland is a region north of the Arctic Circle that takes in parts of Norway, Sweden, Finland, and northwestern Russia. It is named for the Sami, or Lap, L-A-P-P, people, who have sparsely inhabited the region for several thousands of years. In ancient times, the Sami developed a profusely coated spitz type dog, the Laps dog, or Lapund, um, used for hunting reindeer over expanses of barren tundra. Sami history is often obscure but a few centuries ago they shifted from hunter hunter gathering to full-scale nomadism and the Sami began or excuse me became reindeer herders you herd reindeer that's different moving large herds in search of pasture land um, fishers, there are
1: reindeer that are domesticated
0: there you go do you milk them what do you use for just meat I guess I don't know okay whatever. Anyway, so they really talk about the Sammy people more than they talk about the dogs, so I'm skipping ahead here to... -hmm. All right. As Sammy society evolved, the Lapun evolved with it. Like their masters, they went from hunting reindeer to herding them while retaining their duties as hunting dogs, guarders, and close companions to their humans. Lapins are among the Arctic breeds that spend thousands of years huddled together for warmth, with their humans and other dogs on ferociously cold nights. This is one way of explaining the innate sociability of these dogs. Uh, Unlike the adorable cartoon characters who pull Santa's sleigh every December, actual reindeer are stubborn, cantankerous beasts whose antlers can do serious damage. Controlling reindeer requires dogs of great courage, quickness, and intelligence, qualities that still define the lapund. (laughs) Um, they basically just talk about them going on to herd reindeer. So there you go. That's exciting. But I'm going to read this a little bit because it starts off green. Uh, I just said it was like, what, 19 inches? 18 to 21 at the, at the shoulder. That's still so small. Oh, it's not that big. Hmm. Oh, pff, I mean, corgis are herders and they're tiny. Anyway, they're tiny so they don't get kicked, hopefully. All right. So here's their little about the breed. We'll see well, if they have.
1: remember, they're technically big dogs with small legs. <laughs>
0: they think they are oh. anyway all right so the weatherproof finnish lapund is a tough and substantial reindeer herder from north of the arctic circle this remarkably empathetic breed okay is among the friendliest of all dogs i don't know why they've done it like the spanish way of doing a question in this mm-hmm. this is english this is very strange anyway see oh. anyway once he's satisfied that you aren't a reindeer rustler <laughs> I love these people so much. Who writes these? Finished Lapins with their luscious coat, sweet spitz-like face, and profusely coated tail that curves over the back are instantly recognizable as Nordic dogs. Lappies stand about 20 inches at the shoulder and are surprisingly muscular and substantial for their inches. <laughs> that was creepy. I don't like the way they put that. Quick and agile, <sighs> they move effortlessly and can go from a trot to a full gallop in a second flat. Lappies are friendly and submissive companions, though a bit wary of strangers. They crave companionship and will be miserable when neglected. A distinctive breed trait is a strong, startle reflex, the result of centuries spent ducking the antlers of ornery reindeer. Despite their propensity for shedding and barking, Lappies are popular pets in their homeland. Um, so anyway, I don't think they do the nice, like, this is what's used for the... Oh, actually, no. This one's done nicely. So, they have... All these full-breed dogs have terrible issues. So, basically, <laughs> the recommended tests for these guys are patella evaluation, elbow evaluation, PRA, optogen DNA test, pompe's? I don't know if it's pompe or pompe's or pomps. P-O-M-P-E. There you go. Disease DNA test, hip evaluation, ophthalmologist evaluation, and degenerative myelopathy DNA test as well so many things I feel like that's more than most of these breeds anyway um so yeah so you have various things to look out for with them where's the rest of stuff there it is grooming they have a double coat a smooth outer coat and a soft dense undercoat weekly brushing they've done it again the weird oh, that's weird anyway okay weekly brushing daily during shedding season will help to remove dirt and loose hair and keep the dog looking its best lappies don't have a doggy odor so an occasional bath is usually sufficient. Lappies should never be shaved, as it reduces their ability to keep cool in warm weather and warm in cold weather. As with all breeds, the nails should be trimmed. Always trim your dog's nails. Period. Done. Right? We're good there.
1: I'm just remembering this video I saw recently of people doing home shaves and cuts for their dog. Oh, dear. <laughs> and cats.
0: It was so... Poor animals. No. Um, Finnish Lappins are calm dogs with moderate exercise requirements. A, uh, long risk walk every day is usually enough to keep the breed healthy and happy. They do not exercise themselves, but a half hour play session with a ball or something is also good, they say. So there you go. So not too bad. I don't bother going to do training unless they're super stubborn. That's all we care about. Um, obviously every dog should be trained, so that's clear uh they're intelligent and quick to learn but they can also be independent so they can be a little troublesome i imagine and like all dogs feed them good stuff so anyway that is the Finnish laphund which i had known nothing about um before now but i will get a picture of that hopefully i can find a picture of that since it's not a super popular breed but it kind of looks like a small Malamute, i'd say anyway but they're pretty cute um and yeah, they there you go. They they heard Henri reindeer. There ornery. you go. I don't care. That's Henri. Like, <laughs> it does not matter. Maybe it does. Well, great. <laughs> tomato tomato. That's a terrible example. Who says tomato? British? Maybe I don't know. Anyway, um, so there we go. They say vitamin. Yes, but that's a totally different accent. And aluminium. <laughs> I can't even say it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, um, all right, and zebra, <laughs> which I feel like technically they are right, but I'm still going to stick to my guns and say zebra. <laughs> yeah. Moving right along, that is our, uh, our breed, but it is time for our picks, and um, I'm running out of categories, y'all, for this section, so I was just like, what do I associate with Antarctica and colder places, colors white and blue, uh, white and That is iced. not
1: what I think. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what I see. White, and then when it's, like, the really the water that's really pretty up next to all the, like, ice, and it's that, like, light blue color. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so pretty. So I said, favorite animal that is either blue or white. And, like, almost entirely these colors. It can't just have a lot of blue on it or a lot of white on it. It has to be. And then I realized I was going to try to do white, but we've already had a polar bear. We've already a blue coat. We've already had an arctic fox. We've already had a snowy owl. I was like, oh, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just went as, like, I'm going to decide that this is gonna be marine base and it's like i can't do a i was trying to out do something of left field and do a blue jay
0: yeah i was trying to do something <laughs> from that region as best i could so I, I became a basic bitch but that's okay anyway so tell us who your choice was casey
1: i went with the blue shark
0: and tell us about them
1: So the scientific name for this species is prioncia glauca this species has a global distribution being found in all the world's ocean except the southern ocean and arctic oceans they are a pelagic species, so they are found in open water away from the coastline. The species' generic name, Pry is comes from the Greek word prion, which means salt, and akis, which means point. While Glauco comes from the Latin word glaucus, which means bluish gray.
0: Okay. Oh, like our little um our little blue dragon. Yes. What well, what was he? Glaucus Glaucus? No, something else. But Glaucus was part of the Yeah.
1: Name. Blue sharks are a moderate-sized species, reaching lengths up to 3 meters long. They have an average lifespan of 15 to 16 years, with some suspecting they can reach over 20 years. They pose little risk to humans as they live so far from shore, and they go after smaller prey that includes pelagic fish and small squid. Species also highly migratory and travel along migration routes, taking them across entire oceans. One potential adaptation for this lifestyle may involve their pectoral fins, which are relatively large compared to their body. Scientists suspect that they use these large fins to ride on ocean currents, which allows the shark to conserve its energy on these long migrations. They are relatively social as far as sharks go, and this species is even known to occasionally congregate in gender-specific schools, with (laughs) males and females congregating in different areas. Scientists still don't know why they form these kinds of schools, but males and females typically only come together during the mating season. The blue shark is a viviparous species of shark that gives birth to live young. The female is pregnant for about 9-12 to months, and the pups are nourished by their yolk sac that acts like a placenta. On average, a female will give birth to lives about 30, with some of the higher end of that spectrum giving birth to nearly 80. This species has a mutualistic relationship with pilot fish, which are a small species of carnivorous jackfish that have a banded coloration. The pilot fish congregate around these sharks and feed on parasites in the shark's mouth and gills, and the blue shark in return provides them with protection as they have few natural predators besides orca and larger sharks, and they get an easy meal when it goes hunting for fish. This species is currently listed as near threatened by the IUCN Red List. With, while the Mediterranean population is critically endangered. This species is caught for the shark finning industry, but is not regularly targeted. And instead, it is often caught as bycatch in long lines and drift net fisheries. As a result of these threats, the blue shark population has plummeted by 80% in some parts of its range. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: They're cute. I looked yes. at a picture of them. Are these some of the sharks that those seals were hunting?
1: Sometimes uh, seals will go after um, small some of the young ones
0: okay anyway good times all right so that is the blue shark and keeping with the blue theme i went super basic i really do want to learn about them because they're cool mm-hmm. so i chose a blue whale and they are from the regions there we go oh boy all right so their scientific name is balenoptera balenoptera sure musculus so musculus Fine. It's not as cooler as Musculus, but <laughs> fine. Um, the species is a widely distributed species and can be found in all the world's oceans, including, oh, sorry, except the Arctic. I should finish that sentence. All the world's oceans except the Arctic, including off the coast of San Diego, but we mm-hmm. have not seen them yet. They are a pelagic species that is found in open water away from the coastline. Despite the name, the blue whale is actually gray in color, but appears a light blue in water due to to the refraction of light. Yeah, they definitely have like a gray blue color, but it's still on the blue side, so I count them. (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) the blue whale is most known for being the largest animal to have ever lived. They can reach lengths of up to 33 meters and weigh... 190 metric tons The largest subspecies of blue whale Is actually found in Antarctica While those in the North Atlantic and Pacific Max out around 27 meters in length How sad and pathetic, they're so small (laughs) Anyway It is estimated that they can live between 80 to 90 years So cool Despite their enormous size, the blue whale Feed almost entirely on some of the world's Smallest animals, krill some of the largest blue whales will consume six tons of krill in a single day. They will also occasionally eat fish and copepods. Is that on purpose, or are they just going for the krill and they just get some fish?
1: Sometimes intentionally. Okay, hmm.
0: that's fun. Anyway, the blue whale is a filter feeder and will gape their mouth open. And once they get a mouthful, they will see sieve. What am I saying? The <laughs> water out. I I was looking at a seize for some reason, and I'm like. I don't know why they're seizing water. Anyway, the water out through the uh, through the baleen in their mouth, which keep the krill trapped inside. They belong to the family, baleenopteridae, mm-hmm, which are commonly referred to as the what? The roquels?
1: Yes, Rorquals.
0: Sure. Due to the throat grooves that expand when the whale is feeding and extend from the throat to their navel. Increasing the amount of water and food they can ingest. Was that the thing down on the bottom that always like poofs out Their when they... Root? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Anyway, um, excuse me. So this species is primarily solitary, but are sometimes found in small groups. They are a highly migratory species and will spend the summer months in polar waters where there is much more abundant resources. In the Pacific, they are also known to come around Southern California in the summer as well. Females are also known to stay around the Gulf of California from December to March if they have calves, and this area is suspected to be an important nursing area for the species in the Pacific. To put some perspective on the appetite of a blue whale calf, a blue whale mother can produce more than 50 gallons of milk each day, and the milk content is about 35-50% to fat. This provides the huge amount of calories for the calf to grow, and can equate to the calf gaining 250 pounds each day. Holy snap! That's a lot. Because the mother has to store the extra energy, um, has to store the extra ener- energy reserves to care for her calf. Blue whales are among the few sexually dimorphic mammals in which the females are larger. Oh, okay. A calf will stay with its mother until its six to seven months, at which point it is already 15 meters in length. The blue whale is also one of the loudest animals on the planet with the sounds that they emit traveling up to a hu- or a 1,600 kilom... Why am I saying kilograms? Why can't I read anything today? <laughs> kilograms, ridiculous. Kilometers away. Um, I don't know what this is even supposed to say, but you... Oh, heathenists. That's what you're trying to say. But you heathenist humans, best not waste your time. Ta- you know, Casey, when you try to get creative, it makes things weird. <laughs> <laughs> but you heathenist humans, best not waste your time putting your ear in the ocean as you cannot hear it because blue whale emits sounds. Uh, the blue whales emit sounds at a frequency far too low for humans to hear. It is suspected that they also use their vocalizations as a form of sonar to detect krill in the dark depth of the ocean, where there's likely also abundant prey. The blue whale is currently listed as endangered by the IUCN Red List. It is estimated there is somewhere between 5,000 and 15,000 mature individuals left. Thankfully, the current population trend is on the rise. This is a fraction of what the species populations were before the 20th century. The whaling industry decimated their populations and peaked in 1931 when 30,000 blue whales were killed. That's crazy. In one year, they killed that many? Holy yep. snap! They have been um, protected from hunting by the International Whaling Commission since 1966, but there were some illegal hunting. There was some illegal hunting after that. However, no blue whales have been deliberately hunted since 1978. The most significant threats to this species. <laughs> Why am I yawning? The most significant threats this species faces are collisions with ships and getting entangled in fishing gear. The species is protected under the Endangered Species Act and Marine Mammal Protection Act under the United States. They are also listed under Appendix 1 of CITES. They, do they just crash into boats or boats aren't paying attention and they crash into them?
1: Well, they can only move so fast. That's so. true.
0: I guess they can't. So they must be up near the surface then a lot of the time if a boat's hitting them.
1: They sometimes will.
0: Yeah. Okay. Are they curious, like humpbacks and no. those, so they won't come up to the It's boat?
1: incredibly hard to film, though. Um, because a lot of times when if you try to go in the water to go diving, take video videographs of them, it's like they immediately dive down. They're
0: like, Nope, we want nothing yeah. to do with you. Mm-hmm. They're smart. Their <laughs> ancestors have told them, hey, they wiped thirty thousand of us out in one year, mm-hmm. so maybe don't be near them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, super cool. What are the most awesome animals ever, I'd say. Um, so yeah, that uh brings us to our Animal of the Week.
1: Yes, it does.
0: This is our listener's choice. And our Animal of the Week this week is...
1: The Glass Octopus. The
0: Glass Octopus. I saw a picture of them and they're cool and I hope (laughs) I can find one that I can post. Anyway, tell us about them, Casey.
1: So these guys come from the order Octopoda. Come from the family Amphitretidae. Their scientific name is Vitrello Donella Richardi.
0: Sure. I believe you.
1: They are found worldwide in tropic and subtropic waters. They are a mesopelagic species, which means they live in intermediate depths ranging from 200 to 1,000 meters below the surface.
0: So they're out in the open ocean, but they're just mm-hmm. not going down to the. Okay.
1: Yeah. That puts them in the twilight zone. It is also suspected that they will venture into the pelagic, which is also known as the Midnight Zone, which ranges from 1,000 to 3,000 meters below the surface.
0: And I'm assuming that's where there's like no light down there?
1: Yes. Okay. It's suspected they have a lifespan of about two to five years, and they're approximately 45 centimeters long. Little is known about this species diet. Scientists suspect like other octopuses, it likely eats small crustaceans that are available in the depths that it lives at. The glass octopus obviously gets its name from its transparent body in which only its eyes, optic nerve, and digestive tract are opaque in appearance.
0: It's pretty cool looking.
1: (laughs) Very little is known about this species due to the fact that it lives in such deep parts of the ocean that are not easily accessible to researchers and is one of the least studied cephalopods in the world. Because of this, much of what we know comes from just a handful of sightings and some specimens retrieved from the guts of their predators. An expedition done back in July of last year provided a huge find when the team filmed two live glass octopus. Mm. In these videos, you can see several green spots in the octopus. These are the animal's chromatophores, which are the cells that enable their relatives to perform amazing color changes for camouflage. Cool, cool. However, due to the depths these octopus live at, they are unlikely just a vestigial organ that no longer serves any purpose in their camouflage.
0: Hmm, okay.
1: This species also has a reduced muscular system, making the animal very gelatinous. Uh, this octopus has oddly shaped eyes in that they are laterally compressed, giving them a cylindrical shape, whereas other octopus have a hem- hemispherical eye. This is actually one of the defining characteristics of the family Um This serves as part of the animal's camouflage because it helps to reduce the silhouette of its eyes when predators view it from below. Hmm, okay. To further assist with its camouflage, the Glass octopus swims in a way to keep its digestive tract oriented vertically to minimize the size of the shadow that it will produce. This is especially important when it's traveling to the upper region of its habitat, which is when it is most vulnerable to predators. They also don't have as many suckers when compared to other species, um, as the glass octopus has just a single row of suckers on each arm, while many other octopuses have two rows. And in this species, these suckers are also more widely spaced apart from one another. Given that this species lives out in the open ocean, rather than near the coast like many other octopus, this species faces some problems when it comes to reproduction. To deal with their environment, the male octopus have a modified third arm, which is known as a hectocotylus, (laughs) which is basically an arm covered in sperm packets. When a male comes across a female, he will detach this arm and it goes into the female's mantle where it fertilizes her eggs. This has been spewed by some scientists who suggest based on separate observation that their ectocotylus is not detachable, showing that more research must be done on this species. But either way, the female is now faced with a problem of her own. Other species of octopus watch over their eggs while hunkered down in a cave which is not an option for an octopus living in the open ocean. So instead, the female will actually raise the eggs inside of her mantle cavity until they are ready to hatch and go off to fend for themselves. Wow. The glass octopus is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red List. This is largely due to its global distribution and due to the depth at which it lives. It is difficult to properly assess the impact that it, it fate has experienced, though it is unlikely to to be in much contact from human disturbances.
0: All right. Well, they're pretty cool. Yes. Hopefully I will get a good picture of them. And, uh, hey, Casey. Yes, Addie? How do you get an octopus to laugh?
1: Mm, I don't know.
0: You give them ten tickles? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I told they you. They don't you. even have ten. I told you you were a lot. You're giving them ten tickles. Anyway,
1: They don't have tentacles. They're arms.
0: Well, either way. That's a bad joke. (laughs) (sighs) There you go. That's what it says. That's what everyone calls them tentacles. There you go. That's what they're going to be. They're not tentacles. Okay, well, (laughs) that's what the layman refers to them as. There you go. Um, All right, well, that's time for our challenge, and I don't know what it's going to be.
1: Okay, so it is my turn.
0: Yes, it is your turn. Do we not even know these things? I chose the category of our pick, so it is your turn for the thingy. Oh, yeah. That's, That's how it works.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I just went with the flow.
0: <laughs> you just go with whatever.
1: Yes. So, I've wanted to do this for a while. I kept forgetting it. Okay. But I'm calling it Names or Nonsense. Okay. So, I will give you 15 names. Okay. And you will have to tell me if it is a valid scientific name for animal. Or if it's some nonsense I made up.
0: Are you giving, like, the, you know, Glaucus Glaucus type name? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Okay, so I I did an F last time, so my guess I'm going to get 40% Mm -hmm. on this one. I mean, I guess I have a 50-50 chance on each of them, right? Yeah. Eh, That might go better.
1: So I'm going to give you 10 minutes, and there's 16 questions. Okay. Are you ready?
0: As ready as I'm going to be.
1: Okay, first one. Terciops Truncatus.
0: Terciops trincatus yes I'm gonna say what wait what is what are my categories real or what
1: names or nonsense names
0: are no- I'm gonna say nonsense
1: nope it is a name
0: oh, god you have to go through what all these animals are at the end I will okay
1: <laughs> second one bison bison bison
0: I don't remember them having three. Oh god I'm gonna be so mad if it's real I'm saying nonsense I thought they only have two it's real oh jesus I don't remember them having three.
1: Oh, I'll go over it in a bit. Okay. Three. Uncia, Uncia.
0: I'm going to say that's real, and you're going to say it's... I'm going to say it's a name, and it's going to be nonsense.
1: It is nonsense. Great.
0: This is going fantastically so far.
1: Panthera concolor.
0: Okay. Um. Part of it sounds like a real animal for sure. I'm going to say it's a name.
1: It is nonsense. Great. <laughs> Neophilus Nebulosa.
0: I feel like that should be a name. Is that nonsense? I'm saying name. It's a name. Okay, great. <laughs> oh, I don't know why he's dying already.
1: Pimpecorum.
0: No, that was the name. Yes, that one I remember. <laughs> I don't remember what it is, but I know that's its name. Is it Bug or something? I don't know.
1: Felix Felicis.
0: Um... I don't remember us talking about a cat that had that. I don't remember there being a Felix. I'm gonna say nonsense.
1: It is indeed nonsense. Good.
0: <laughs>
1: Bahumba guy.
0: Well, that's amazing, and I want it to be a name, but I don't know if it is. But sometimes scientists are f- being funny, and they have funny things. Is that is that yeah. one word or two words? That's two. I'm going to vote with some scientists are funny and come up with ridiculous names. I'm going to say it's a name. It is a name. Yay!
1: Felis Unca.
0: That one I believe is a name. Unless it's Pantheris. I'm going to say it's a name.
1: It is not a name. It is nonsense. <sighs> Gulo, Gulo, Gulo.
0: I feel like Gula is definitely a thing. I just, once again, don't know if it's three. I'm going to do the opposite of bison, bison, bison. It's going to be wrong. So I'm going to say it's a name, and it's going to be nonsense. It is a name. Yay.
1: <laughs> Nasua Americana.
0: Um, oh, we talked about Nasua. Is that the, is that the, uh, oh my God, Blinking on their names. The cute ones. Quaddies. Um, Americana, though? I don't remember if one of them was Americana. It was like Nasua, Nasua, Nasua something. Uh, I mean, technically they're in the Americas, but I'll say it's a name, but I think it's actually nonsense. It is nonsense. Damn. Okay.
1: Ursus Pardis.
0: A bear? Pardis? We haven't talked about all the bears, though, so maybe. <laughs> I'll say it's a name.
1: It is nonsense. Ugh. Heloderma Suspectum.
0: Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it's nonsense, though.
1: It is a name. Ah!
0: I think I'm going to have like 20% on this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Asinonix Caseanus.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say that's nonsense, but it's amazing if it is a name. <laughs> it
1: is nonsense. Okay, great. <laughs> Glaucus atlanticus.
0: Ah, crap. (laughs) Um, Glaucus is real. Atlanticus? I don't... That doesn't sound right. I'm gonna say it's nonsense. It is a name. Ugh.
1: Okay, last one. Pisaster americanus.
0: It sounds like it should be nonsense, but I'm just going to say it's a name.
1: It is nonsense. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. Let's see.
0: Let me do this math real quick. Yeah, first. do that math. It's. I think it's going to be 20% or less. Let's see. So I think I got like three right.
1: <laughs> you got seven out of 16. That's 43%.
0: Yo, at least I got a D. <laughs> I'm right.
1: sorry, an F. <laughs> First <laughs> one was Terciops truncatus. That is a bald-nosed dolphin. Oh, okay. And bison, bison, bison. Mm-hmm. That is indeed a name. It is a subspecies, though, of plain... It's a plain's bison, is what it's called. And bison, bison is for American bison.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yep. And suencia is actually a synonym... Um, It's no longer a valid name for the snow leopard. Oh. Now it is Panthera uncia. Okay. Panthera concalor is nonsense. Panthera is the generic name for the big cats. And then concalor is the species epithet for puma.
0: Okay.
1: Neophilus nebulosa is the name. It's a clouded leopard. Keelime pine picorum is a braconid wasp. Hmm. Felix Felicis is a nonsense, it's the potion from Harry Potter.
0: I don't remember. The po- first of all, the potion from The Harry good Potter. luck potion. There are a lot of potions. The good luck potion. Okay, I don't remember that. Mm. I do not remember all the spells and all the potions.
1: Bahumbageye is the scientific name for a land snail from Fiji.
0: That's amazing. I appreciate that person.
1: Yep. Felix Unca is... A nonsense. Uh, Felis is just a generic name for many small cats. Right. Onca, though, is the species epithet for jaguar.
0: That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay.
1: And Gulo-Gulo-Gulo is the scientific name for the Eurasian wolverine, which is a subspecies of the wolverine. the
0: wolverine that we talked about. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Was ours Gulo-Gulo? Yes. Okay. That's why.
1: And let's see. Nasua Americana, you are right. white. Kawadi is the generic name. I am
0: white, yes, but yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then I was, went with the species epithet for pronghorn.
0: Mm, okay.
1: It was actually Nasua Nasua. Anything I to was say, I
0: thought there was a Nasua Nasua, and then that, what was the other one? Nasuela. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: and Ursus Partis, you are correct. Most Many bear species have the generic name Ursus but Pardis is the species epithet for leopard.
0: This was mean because you used real words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um, the next one was Heloderma suspectum. It is a valid name, and we've talked about it. That is the Gila monster.
0: Oh, well, that was a while ago. Mm-hmm. I wish I remembered there. I bet I commented on it sounding like a spell. I bet if I go back and listen to that, I said something like that, because that sounds like a spell.
1: Yeah. And Asinonix Casey Ensa is nonsense, but it I did use the cheetah's generic name in it, Okay, Astononics.
0: basically it sounded like you were saying you were an ass. Ah, like Asinonyx ah, Casey is basically what that ah, sounded like.
1: Yeah. And Glaucus Atlanticus is the blue dragon.
0: It is? Yes. I thought it was... What did I think it was then? Mm. I don't know if I was saying it was Glaucus Glaucus, or I mean Glaucus was part of it, but I didn't remember. Okay, anyway, Continue on.
1: Yep. And Pisaster americanus, uh, Pisaster is the uh, generic name for the group of sea stars that includes the ochre sea star. Okay. And Americanus is a just very commonly used species epithet.
0: Then American <laughs> animals. Yep. Is it bad that I heard Pisaster and thought it was like a Pokemon? <laughs> I don't think so. It just sounds like it'd be a Pokemon name to me.
1: It would be a good Pokemon name.
0: See, I sort of know Mm. not really Pokemon, but there you go. Yeah. All right, well, as per usual, wouldn't pass that class. But it it is mean when you use other official parts of names and mix them up. Mm. So I'm like, I know that part's right. And then I know that is a thing that exists. And Mm. then you put them together. It's not nice, man. It's not nice.
1: I never claimed to be nice.
0: No, that's true. Anywho. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 76. Thank you for listening. As always, we're your hosts, Allie.
1: And Casey. And
0: we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.